Hey everyone, and welcome to Radical Normal. My name is Andre, and I'm here with Michael. And on today's episode, we'll be discussing Exodus chapter 17, verse 8, through the end of chapter 18. Hope you guys enjoy the discussion. You know, December is finally upon us this week, which means all of the losers who don't listen to Christmas music or celebrate Christmas until after Thanksgiving is over finally get to join the festivities. But I personally think they should begin before Thanksgiving. Definitely not. Not before Thanksgiving. Probably after Black Friday. After Black Friday? Yeah. That's a hot take. That's not even a holiday. After that, like, little weekend's over, then that, like, Sunday, that's a good time. Wait, wait, so I can't listen to Christmas music on that the Saturday that just happened either? I think it's a bit premature, Michael. All right, man. Well, I've been listening to Christmas music and Advent-type stuff since early November, so... I guess I violated your code, but I think that's how it should go. So before we jump or uh, before we get in, I just want to say that we did record two intros to this episode, and Andre first said we were starting in a verse that doesn't exist. But we'll be starting in chapter 17, verse 8, which kind of starts this newer section, whereas last episode we talked about the end of chapter 15, the entirety of chapter 16, and the beginning of chapter 17, all about Israel's grumbling uh, whether it have to do with water or have to do with food, and we saw the Lord provide for them. But now we kind of switch gears and we get into this battle. So I'll let you kick it off for us. Yeah, sounds good, bro. Happy to to jump into chapter seventeen. <laughs> Mike was frustrated because he gave his little intro and and then I kind of was like daydreaming or something. Now he's yeah, he might have been asleep. Yeah, he's got to edit out like twenty seconds. Crazy day. Had a presentation. I'm like full dressed for success right now, guys. So then really where's coming. the success on this podcast episode? <laughs> True. Yeah. So we, we see this guys. Um, this is, this is what happens when you wait to listen to Chris's music. You're just all over the place. You can't even think clearly. Anyway, what we do see is a battle. And what's interesting about this battle is a continued theme that we get, that we've been seeing and we'll continue to see uh, which is uh, um, Israel not being able to really amount to much without God delivering them, supporting them, and paving a way for them to get through um, adversity. In this case, um, it's Amalek. Well, excuse me if I said that wrong. And uh, and uh, you know his men who who they will be fighting. And so we get into a bit of how uh, this deliverance goes on, and it's. Just a few uh, short verses, um, and basically how we start off is uh, we see that uh, Amalek is going to come, and he's going to uh, they're going to proceed to uh, you know have this battle, right? And so Moses you know tells Joshua to go and take you know take the men and you know to fight um, this battle, and the way how they're going to you know prevail in this battle is that Moses is going to actually go up and. He's going to hold up this staff, the same staff that turned into a snake, the same staff that, um, you know, was used um, uh, to, you know, split the Red Sea. Um, you know, the same staff that we have seen, that we have seen, you know, the Lord use uh, to show miracles um, and wonders um, throughout. And this is the same staff that Moses is going to um, hold up. And as long as as long as he um, holds it up, uh, we see that, you know, they will prevail. And so that's kind of. Uh, you know, where this story is taking us. 
And I'll let, I'll let you add anything on the, on the first couple verses as well. Well, the, the first thing you said was the key to the whole podcast episode, I feel like, today, because this is a section of Exodus where if you don't get how it connects back to what's already happened and how it connects forward to where we're going, it makes no sense. For instance, when we get to chapter 18, a system is set up due to the wisdom of Jethro so that when the, com- when the Ten Commandments and the rest of the commandments are issued just next episode, next week, There's a system in place for it actually to function in the lives of the Israelites. So that's going to be looking forward. As for this battle, it definitely looks back. Amalek, uh, if we don't remember, if you haven't read Genesis recently or anything, he was a grandson of Esau, Jacob's arch enemy brother. Uh, And so later, again, in Judges and 1 Samuel, we're going to see more conflict with the Amalekites. So the Amalekites come and fight. And Andre, what you said also was key, is that there's focus on this staff. And so what's really weird is there's actually more focus on what's going on on this hill, what's going on with the staff, than there is in the battle. We don't get any battle details except that Joshua was leading, which again is looking forward because this is the first time Joshua is referenced in the Bible. And fun fact, Andre and I are reading through the book of Joshua together right now. But it's kind of looking forward to that moment of what Andre and I are reading about because Joshua was first mentioned here and it's setting up the memory of the Israelites because as many of them would be hearing these stories for the first time, it'd be at the point when Joshua was their leader, not Moses. And so this is key for the introduction of who Joshua is going to be later. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Man. And, you know, as we see, we see that, you know, Joshua is going to obey what Moses tells him to do. So we, we see at least, you know, in this instance, there's no, uh, you know, there's no fear or hesitancy to, to follow, you know, what Moses is telling Joshua to do, uh, to follow God's plan. And then, you know, the really interesting thing is, is when we get to verse 11, we see that anytime that this staff was lowered at all, that Amalek prevailed. But when it was raised, as Moses said, it was, was going to happen. Uh, that's when, um, that's when Joshua prevailed, and that's when you know the, the, uh, Israel uh, prevailed over Amalek. And so that's really interesting because we see that without the raising of this staff, without um, this uh, you know piece of um, you know essentially wood, but what it represents more so is is you know the Lord um, providing a way uh, to deliver um, the people through this battle. But without that. Uh, we see that Amalek is going to overpower them, right? So in essence, we see how you know small the people are compared to how big um, the Lord is um, through this. And we see that even as Moses' hands grow weary in verse 12, um, we see that Aaron and Hur actually hold up his hands to ensure that they can win this battle. So we see how vital it is um, that, you know, anytime this staff lowers, you know, we can assume uh, many people are going to die um, from their side. From their camp so they're going to hold his hands up and make sure that they they do exactly what um is instructed of moses by the lord to, to have that deliverance so we see the importance of of that obedience um and the importance of, of having the lord on their side um and and how little they are without him and that's and that's the key takeaway from the text because there's a tendency especially i feel like in like youth ministry type stuff but really just how this text has been taught to a lot of people is like the key is prayer like we need to pray for other people prayer is not even mentioned prayer is not like the focus of the text the focus is like you just said god's god's on their side there's no holy war for israel there's and certainly no victorious war for israel if yahweh isn't in command and working through them for victory so yeah the point of the text is that Yahweh is on their side. And uh, Douglas Stewart, in his commentary, he, he uh, 
uh, is talking about this chapter, and he says, This verse does not teach the efficacy of prayer without ceasing, but rather the fact that Israelite holy war was God's war. And so thus the staff portrayed God's sovereignty and the consequences of battle. And so that is the key takeaway. So I think that's a good point out. And, you know, lastly, we see that um, the Lord is going to deliver them, but we see that um, it is still, you know, again, the obedience of, of Joshua and all of the men who go and say that they you know, over, overtook Amalek and his people uh, with the sword. So we see um, that this battle ends in favor of, of Joshua, in favor of Israel. And then we see that the Lord tells Moses in verse 14, write this as a memorial in a book and recite it in the ears of Joshua that I will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. Um, so we see this, this call uh, to Moses. Um, the Lord tells him, you know, write this in a book, um, you know, build an, an altar uh, for the Lord uh, to remember uh, the Lord's deliverance. And so, you know, we again are reminded of, of how um, vital the Lord was to this and, and how the Lord wants this to be another instance of something that's going to be remembered from generation to generation, um, that the people can remember um, who the Lord is, you know, what his attributes are, how he is a deliverer, um, you know, how they should, you know, uh, always do, uh, you know, as the Lord uh, wants them to do, uh, to have the Lord on their side, to follow uh, the rules. Uh, and, and we see how that's going to lead up um, in a few chapters to, you know, the laws. And now the people are going to have all these instances of, of the Lord delivering them and, and, and see why it's so vital for them uh, to follow um, those laws and, and follow after the Lord. Yeah, it's really good. And so uh, if you don't mind looking at chapter 18, it's kind of interesting because Amalek, so he was Esau's grandson. And so that's kind of like in opposition to the seed of the woman, Jacob. So going from, uh, you know, starting with Eve, but working through Abraham to Isaac, to Jacob, to Joseph, and now into this line. Now, so we have this one enemy of God, one, somebody outside of the people, Amalek, a Gentile, uh, essentially, we could say, because um, we have somebody that's outside of the camp, and there's a negative response to who God's people are, and they go to war against God. But then in chapter 18, we get the opposite. Somebody's from outside of the camp. He's literally a priest. Uh, we get here at Jethro, his, uh, Moses' father-in-law, the priest of Midian. So he's offering sacrifices to, to pagan gods. That's literally his task. Uh, he's mediating those gods' presence and their view to those people. That's what a priest does. And so he's the priest, but now we get a positive response. Instead of somebody outside of the camp and a negative response, we get a positive one. And so he hears what the Lord has done for Moses and what the Lord has done in bringing them out of Egypt. So that just kind of be my introduction to chapter 18. Yeah. And as uh, Michael gave a brief little introduction of, of Jethro, uh, Moses' Moses's father-in-law, and we're going to see that there is a, uh, you know, pivotal thing that happens here in this chapter. And it, it's, you know, kind of short and sweet, but um, I, I think there's still a lot to get out of this. Uh, we see a bit of a story of, of how Moses' father-in-law uh, comes with Moses' wife and his two kids, his two sons, um, and we see a bit of a buildup of, of how they greet each other, um, the relationship between them. So we can see some insight uh, into uh, Jethro, his thought processes, um, how, um, you know, as well as the people and, and how they're interacting with, Lord with, with, with these offerings. But, but the big key thing is going to be the advice that's given to Moses. Um, and so, you know, let's continue to, to get into this chapter. 
Yeah, so kind of it's interesting. We get the reason for the name of the son. So verse 3, Gershom, uh, for he said, I have been a sojourner in a foreign land. And then uh, Eliezer, or Eliezer, we also get the God of my father was my help and delivered me. So uh, kind of like we get with the sons, such as we got with Jacob and with other prominent figures in Genesis, we kind of get like reasoning for their names or like with Moses back in back in chapter two. So that's kind of interesting. Just pointing out Moses significance one more time. But it's key here that I mean, we we really do see going through a verse the end of verse 12 so kind of just summing up some of this is we do see that this is kind of or this is Jethro's conversion. Like he sees what God did for Israel and then he praises God and then he eats in the presence of God. And that's what God's people are called to do, but they don't. I mean, think about it. They sung that song that was, that we had a great conversation about uh, two episodes ago, but then right after that, they were grumbling in the wilderness. So while they've been giving an improper response, Jethro with limited revelation of God and just hearing who God is, he comes and sits at a table and marvels at what God is up to. So the one who's unexpected, the one who's a priest to pagan gods, he's the one who's actually coming and praising what Yahweh did for a people that's not even his own. And just like Michael said, you know, he's, he's rejoicing. He's, um, you know, impressed, you know, grateful you know he says blessed be the lord who delivered you out of the hand of the egyptians um he sees what great power the lord has um, specifically in this instance of delivering the people um out of egypt out of the hands of pharaoh it says um but then in verse 11 is a key thing and he, and he says now i know that the lord is greater than all the gods because in this affair they dealt arrogantly with the people uh, and so we see that um this identification or this uh realization uh, that the Lord, you know, is greater than all the gods. Uh, you know, we see His realization that uh, this, the great power and might, um, and and that the Lord is worthy to be praised, right? And so we see all of that um, um, here, and then we see um, the burnt offerings and sacrifices that are that are then made uh, to the Lord. Um, you know, in in this feast between between Jethro and and Moses, and and we see that this um, realization of um, the Lord as deliverer, and then the response to that is going to be the offerings uh, to God. Yeah, I think that's really good, and I think that it's worth pointing out, like, even in terms of, and this is key in chapter 19, which we'll talk about next week, but in, it's, I mean, even thinking about evangelism, like, the only thing we point to in evangelism isn't solely what God's done for us and how he's changed us, but it is key in evangelism, like, nobody can review, refute the Holy Spirit came inside you when you turned from your sin and trusted in Jesus and transformed you uh, due to the fact that you're now this new creation that Paul writes about in 2 Corinthians 5 that we talked about last season. And so there's a testimony here. There's there's words. Jeth- what, what compels Jethro is what Yahweh has done on the people's behalf. What's going to compel other people about the gospel is what the gospel has actually brought about in our own lives. That's what compels Jethro. So if we only speak factually about the gospel, but we don't depict or communicate what the gospel has done in us, that's going to be less effective evangelism. So it's always something to take away for that. And so, yeah, we get that he's eating bread. It's interesting because Moses ate bread with Jethro at the end of chapter two, and then he encountered God on Mount Horeb in chapter three. And now Israel is eating bread with Jethro, and they're about to be before God at Mount Horeb, Mount Sinai, in the next chapter. So it's kind of the same theme where Israel is stepping into Moses' story. We kind of talked about that way back earlier in the season. 
And so now we kind of get this weird part. People don't really know what to do with this. Uh, I don't, not commentators, but like it can feel weird when you approach this section and this random guy who doesn't even belong to Israel is giving Moses instructions about how to run his people. So how should we how should we think about this? Is this just random or is it helpful? Yeah, no, that's that's a really good question, Michael. I think that I think that seeing this um, you know this correct identification of of um, the Lord, which Moses is talking about, um, being, you know, greater than all the gods, being the, the one and true, um, Lord, you know, over, you know, himself and, and over Israel and over all the people, we see that correct identification. So then I think that, you know, leads us to know that we can, you know, that this advice is coming from a good place. Um, and, you know, this advice, I don't think it's random, but what happens is, um, Jethro sees that Moses is, you know, spending, all day, morning till evening, it says, um, listening to disputes amongst the people, um, listening to different, um, you know, matters of, of judging between, you know, who might be right in one instance over another, and using uh, the laws of God to make those proper judgments. And we see that Jethro says, uh, you know, you shouldn't be doing this all by yourself, one, and, and two, you shouldn't be the only one that's doing this. You need to go ahead and select, you know, men who are who are godly who won't be bribed um you know who understand the different laws and, and all those things um and you know elect people uh in our life but choose people uh you know to share with you in in these in these matters of 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 judging over you know different scenarios of of, of figuring out these disputes and then you take the you know greater responsibilities um of, you know, being that direct uh, um, contact between between God and the people, taking care of those, you know, larger matters. And, you know, the reason for that being that, you know, one, if Moses spends morning till evening doing this every single day, um, you know, there's a factor of burnout, right? He's going to, he's going to eventually not be able to, to go on doing that. And then, you know, in that in that same case but then also you know independent of that we know that you know there shouldn't just be one person who who understands all the laws and who is in you know the sole person who who is responsible for all this but rather um you know the advice is there should be a multitude of people who understand the laws should be a multitude of people who have good judgment and can determine you know right from wrong um and can help to facilitate those discussions and, and make those judgments amongst the people. Um, and we see more of, 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 of that as well uh, in that it says that, you know, he should pick people to be chiefs over, um, you know, different groups of people and, and all of that kind of thing. So I think that this isn't random, but more so it, it begins to um, describe how there should be a um, more so a, a hierarchy or, a division of, of, of how things are, are split up. Um, you know, there should be some who, who also understand the laws, not just Moses, but start to actually uh, disseminate a lot of this information. Yeah. And I mean, that was, that was a great summary overview in-depth dive, like literally all of it into that whole section, because I mean, it's not, I mean, it can feel like Moses is the man, but Moses certainly didn't feel like the man back in chapters three and four, when we put in the episode title that he complains to the holy God. And so he needs Aaron to go with him. Then we just saw, 
uh, earlier in this same episode in the battle against the Amalekites, we saw that he that he needed help to hold the staff up. So this is just on a larger scale. Moses is still the leader of the people, but and Jethro's not saying stop what you're doing. Like the work that's being done is good. He's just saying you need to disperse the work. One person cannot do all of it. And it almost sounds like the the instructions that are given to the elders in in books like First Timothy chapter three. Um, and stuff that Peter writes and that Titus writes because uh, the men are to be God-fearing and they're to be the husband of one wife. I mean, we don't see that here, but we do see that they're trustworthy and that they fear the Lord. They hate a bribe, so they don't have just a love of money that will compromise their convictions about Yahweh. And so those are the people who are given their leadership. And so you know, Moses might have a hard time holding or letting go of what he feels the Lord has called him to. But Jethro's saying, hey, there are other men you can trust. Yahweh's trying to operate through all of these people. And we're going to see that next week too. And we see that it's not just Moses who is a kingly priest or something. The entire nation of Israel is going to be a kingdom of priests in 19.6. So the whole nation is functioning as a godly people. That's the goal. The goal isn't just one person. The goal is a bunch of people. I think that you know, not only does this, you know, inform us of how important it is that, you know, there is a godly people, that there is, you know, a multitude of people who understand uh, the law and, and, and who have good judgment, but also um, somewhat of a warning, not maybe not for Moses, but, um, you know, for future generations, for us today, that you know, there shouldn't just be one, you know, person who's who's in charge of everything. Um, there shouldn't just be, you know, example, like one pastor who's in charge of everything, but there should be, you know, a group of, you know, elders, um, a group of pastors, um, you know, who all understand the law, who can make those good judgments, who can hold each other accountable and that kind of thing. I think that's also a big takeaway here um, as well. No, yeah, I think that's really good. And so kind of looking at the end of the chapter, so we've kind of been looking at these instructions and what the goal is. And then in verse 24, we get the good news. Moses listened to the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he had said. So he chooses, continuing in verse 25, able men out of all of Israel made them heads over the people. And they judged the people at all times. So if there's hard cases, they do bring them to Moses. You know, it's kind of like if there's difficult cases, it works the way up and it gets to the Supreme Court here in the United States. But I mean, on these littler cases, like they are making the decisions and it allows for distribution of work and then the chapter concludes then Moses let his father-in-law Jethro depart and he went away to his own country so just kind of looking forward to next week we're gonna see the people actually get to Mount Sinai which is exciting because we've been talking for two episodes where they are multiple episodes where they've left Egypt but they haven't actually gotten to Sinai yet and then what's interesting is that I'll say this again next week, but we're going to get to Sinai and then they're actually at Mount Sinai all the way until Numbers chapter 10. So Sinai is going to be a key point where we actually spend geographically the rest of our time in Exodus. And so, Andre, just seeing here in verse 21, the influence of men who fear the Lord, who are trustworthy. Is there any chance you've been convinced by the end of this episode that uh, I'm right and that people should listen to Christmas music before Thanksgiving? Not, not at all. Definitely not before Thanksgiving. <laughs> the thing about Black Friday was kind of a joke, but I think that anytime after Thanksgiving is is probably good. Dang. Well, I actually won't see Andre uh, until later this month, but it's a good thing to know that together in fellowship we can listen to Christmas music at that point, uh, and I can't wait for that time. All right, so uh, we'll talk to you all next week. We're going to be going Exodus chapters 19 through 23 
Uh, Thanks for listening, and we hope you have a great week as December begins.